What's up, everyone? Fresh off the national championship game. What a wild game it was. It really just kind of followed suit from what we saw Kansas do throughout the month of March. And uh, this tournament in particular, it's Chris Honorado. It's Ashley Miller. You're watching Honorado and Company on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Saturday nights on my four. Yes, we are early in the week. Mm-hmm. because we will be out of town late in the week. So we figured, you know what, we got a great opportunity on a Tuesday to react to what happened Monday night with Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks cutting down the nets against North Carolina. Let's do the show early in the week. And obviously you can still always catch us Saturday nights at 6.30 on my four. Hi, Ash. Hey, what's going on? Chris, national championship, opening day of baseball, Masters. This week doesn't get much better. The show writes itself. Let's get it going here on Arado and Company. This is Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpen House. Thanks to all our sponsors here on Honorado and Company. You just saw it there, Alpenhouse, the great family, Katie Osborne, Andy Heck, for their support from the very beginning with this show when we brought it over to News Channel 13. Our thanks to them, the guys, the entire crew, not just guys now over at Novice. They continue to grow Novice Clothing Company, outfitting this show and News Channel 13 Overall, we've got the Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute still to come on this show, and you will see more Popeyes popping up in the Capital Region throughout this calendar year with more grand openings coming. We will be along for the ride at each of those. Marcellus Appliance Center, great people over at Marcellus. Johnny Marcellus, our guy, Ash, you know him, and Nick Madalone, who does great things over there at uh, Marcellus Expansion coming in Clifton Park. So look out for that with Marcellus. And um, and we've just got a great, great team of support here on Honorado and company. So uh, thanks to everybody who's been along the ride with us uh, and Pick 6 Vodka. Of course, yes, we will indeed. take you to the bunker in Clifton Park later on in the show with Shaker Ridge Pro Dan Gaucher. Um, and we'll get his Masters prediction. We'll talk a little bit about the Masters here as well, because how can you not? Tiger Woods yep. is going to play, right? I'm saying this yeah. at... 10, 11 Eastern on a Tuesday. He's going to meet with the media in, a, in less than an hour, Ash. And I have to think he's going to say then and there, I am playing Thursday. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, after you heard Fred Couples come out and say he looked phenomenal yesterday yeah. in the practice yeah. round, I think that for me was like, okay, well, he's playing. Whether or not he you know, succeeds, makes the cut, does well, who cares at this point? They just want Tiger in that tournament. And it sounds like he's going to play. And we'll do more of this. Here are the favorites to win the Masters right now. We'll date, We'll do a deeper mm-hmm. dive into the Masters later on the show. But a quick sneak peek here at the favorites to win the Masters. It is John Rahm's game to win, if you will. Those odds brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook. Let's not go any further without talking about what we saw Monday night in New Orleans. A 15-point deficit. Kansas mm-hmm. couldn't do anything right after they took a 7 nothing and then 9-3 lead. They missed so many laps in that first half. I was ready to lose my mind. And then the comeback in the second half. I mean, tell two halves. We use that phrase a lot in sports. This 
personifies it. It defines exactly what it means to have a tale of two halves. And what Kansas was able to do to turn the tables on North Carolina, it looked like that Miami game we saw and what yep. the Elite Eight. Uh, and, and we saw Kansas even put teams away earlier in the tournament because of their, def- of their defense. And that's exactly what they did, Ash. They sped up North Carolina to start the second half. They turned the ball over. They got layups. They attacked the basket. They got and ones. Yeah, for as bad as the 17, last 17 minutes of the first half were for Kansas, it yeah. was worse for North Carolina in the second half. And I didn't think they were out of it. You know, 15 points is a lot, but 15 points in 20 minutes is not all that much. So I didn't think they were out of it, but I didn't expect them to be back in it five minutes into the second half. I mean, five minutes into the second half, it was like a three-point game. Yeah, they got all the way back to even with nine. It it took them nine minutes to get all the way back to even. Um, And they held a six-point lead even Mm -hmm. in the second half before things got tight again. You knew Carolina wouldn't go away. Uh, The Baycott injury there late in the game, you wonder how that affects the the true outcome down the stretch. Mm -hmm. But either way, what a game it was. Um, was You said, what what is this game, on speed? I know you used a different word, but it it was that type of game where you didn't know what to expect next. Yeah, and the thing was, I think I said this to you. I was in the station watching the game to 7 nothing and 9-3. I had to run out to go shoot something for news. Yep. I come back a half hour later, maybe not even a half hour, and it's a 15-point lead for North Carolina. And I thought, what the heck happened? It literally went from one way, it was 9-3 Kansas, to the other way, um, and it was a 15-point lead for Carolina. And then I drove home at halftime. And by the time I got home, there was probably 11 minutes left in the second half. And it was basically tied at that point, or Kansas may have even had a lead. So the swings, I listen, we, it's probably overused the fact that people say, Hey, it's a game of runs. Every game is a game of runs. Not more true than last night because the runs were huge and completely one-sided. Yeah, Kansas looked like a completely different team, as did North Carolina in that yep. second half. I said to our, our buddy here, who's the executive producer at News Channel 13, uh, he knew where I was leaning, who I had picked to cover, and that was Kansas. But I still was getting so aggravated with North Carolina early in that second half because they had great success inside. Now, a lot of it was off, off offensive rebounds, yes, mm-hmm. but they were throwing the ball inside, Ash, to both Baycott and Manic, for that matter having success inside, uh, and they stopped doing that for the beginning of the second half, which allowed Kansas to speed up the guards, Mm -hmm. force turnovers, and get easy buckets on the other end. I don't know why they stopped throwing the ball inside, um, but but to me, that was the biggest turning point, is they stopped attacking Lightfoot and McCormick, knowing they had the size advantage that that had certainly presented itself in the way of offensive rebounds in the first half. It continued a little bit in the second half, but for the most part, they abandoned that offensive approach, and I thought that really created some issues for them. Yeah, I mean, you start settling for lower percentage shots, and some of those shots were shots you know, that Caleb Love um, and Davis would have hit earlier in the tournament maybe, but they're lower yeah. percentage shots. They're jump yep. shots, they're threes, and like you said, they forced a lot of turnovers, and I think at the half, uh, Kenny Smith said, he's like, the only way Carolina loses this game is if they turn the ball over. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they did exactly that. All right, so what a run by Carolina, an eight seed, a team that many people thought do they deserve to be in the tournament prior to 
blowing out Duke in Coach K's final home game at Cameron Indoor, the conversation was, how good is this North Carolina team, really? They showed exactly how talented they are and what the ceiling for them was mm -hmm. all season. I was happy for a guy like Hubert Davis to yeah. get as far as he did. It was difficult to to root against him in the in the small way that I was knowing what was on the line. If Kansas could have covered three and a half, by the way, first of all, how you, you, how you how lost in you, every way, shape, and form last night. How do you grab an inbounds pass oh. with 4.6 seconds left in yep. the backcourt? You don't have to advance it past half court. The clock will run out on its own. They're going to come foul you. He wants to race the ball up the floor before he even has possession of it. He's got one foot out of bounds, and I'm losing my mind in bed last night because I know that I need free throws to cover three and a half. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was going crazy internally. We, we were in a tough spot last night because I'm rooting for, for you to win money, but my money, which I wasn't going to win anything, was on Carolina, and my heart is on Carolina um, out of the ACC. My dad's a big Carolina fan, so I'm like yeah. internally rooting for Carolina, externally rooting for Kansas for you. And you know what? Your team didn't even cover, so Kansas wins, but only by three, and then we both lose. Carolina doesn't win, and you don't win your pool. I know. I know. Big loss last night. Big no, loss. none of it's good. None of it's yeah. good. Uh, Bill Self's second title is first in 2008. Isn't that hard to believe? Yeah, I but mean, they're that... always good. And and they were, I think, they were the team to beat the year of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, I think they were going to be the top overall seed yeah. in that tournament. They were probably the team to beat that year. It didn't happen. So it felt like this was a little bit, I know it doesn't make sense because it's two years later. Guys are different. Remy Martin was at Arizona mm -hmm. State. But it felt like a little bit, hey, here's an opportunity to redeem or at least take advantage of the opportunity we didn't get a couple of years ago. I, I, I know Kansas is embroiled in all kinds mm -hmm. of NCAA violation stuff with self right now. I, I, I'm not getting caught up in that today. Um, good for the Jayhawks. They're, they're a talented group. They have the Big yeah. 12 Player of the Year, Ochai Abaji, who did very little mm -hmm. on Monday night, by the way. Um, and Remy Martin made some big, big threes in the second half. That was a fun tournament and a fun game awesome. to cap it. Yeah, and I, I kept hearing uh, a lot of people say, and maybe it was even you, like, this isn't even Kansas's best team. Well, Kansas has, a, has had a lot of great teams in the past, so you're not going to have your best team every year. Um, there's only one best team. But it, they didn't have – listen, Abaji's maybe one of the best players. He's one of the best players in the country – but it, did, it didn't feel like they had a player that could just grab a game and take it over and end it. it, it not even him. And so it was guys like Christian Brown, Mitch Lightfoot, like Remy Martin. But there was never a guy that you thought, whoa, he's he's the game changer. I yeah. need to stop him. Abaji, yeah, but he's a big-time three-point shooter, even for a big guy, which is kind of interesting to see. But, yeah, I never, I was never, like, scared of Kansas at any point. But they just kind of had pieces that worked. Um, and I thought Carolina had better players in terms of, like, I liked Manic better. I love Baycott. How much did the injury hurt him? Love. Who knows? Caleb Love. I liked those guys individually better, but sometimes it just works. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, Carol's watching. Hey, Carol. Good morning. Always good morning, Carol. You. Uh, we've got a question from Billy here. Let's take it now, and it'll transition us into baseball. What are the Yankees waiting for, Ash, to pay Aaron Judge? Another huge day in spring training. Thoughts on Carlos Beltran in the broadcast booth. Well, Beltran wasn't going to get into the broadcast booth 
if he didn't at least say something about the 2017 Astros situation. Yeah. You, you, you just couldn't let that one kind of slide, and now we're not going to pay attention to it. Um, I have not seen him yet. I haven't experienced the Carlos right. Beltran analyst yet mm-hmm. in the broadcast booth. I'm, I'm interested to kind of get his feel on that. But, uh, Ash, your thoughts here on Judge, and we will give our World Series predictions before the show is out. Yeah, I mean, listen, as a Yankees fan, I think you have to pay him. He Because he's just too talented. He's okay, too but talented. What, but what do you pay him? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't disagree. You have to pay him. You, you want to keep him. Yeah. What's, what's the value? I don't know what's fair. Um, are you asking length of contract too? I'm asking both. I mean, is five years 100 enough? Or we got to no. go five years... 175. Well, well, you're asking me, is it enough for Aaron Judge to say yes, or is it enough for the Yankees to – I don't think he's going to do it Is it, it enough to keep him year. and for someone else to not pay him more? I don't see him signing anything below – 30 six, a season? Six years I, would be my guess. Is he's going to want – Six years, 30 a season, though? Probably. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot, and uh, – it's a lot for one player. We've made this mistake. Yankees, the Yankees have so many times. Um, and he's an outfielder. Listen, that Jacoby Ellsbury, it's not the same, but that Jacoby Ellsbury contract hamstrung them for years and years and years. The money is a lot. You can't then afford to pay. You have a ton of money tied up in Garrett Cole. The money becomes a lot. Giancarlo Stanton. Yep. Um but but we're in a, we're not in a salary cap league. The Yankees could tell no, us, hey, we're but that's not true. They make money head over fist every year. They yeah. can they can pay Judge, have it not work, and still go get whatever they need. Yeah. They may choose not to, and that's fine. You don't want to pay the luxury tax. I, I get that. Um, my concern with Judge is his size yeah. and is his ability to continue to play the outfield. Yep, he's thirty. Yeah, can he play it in? Four more years? That's my – and I get – oh, DH, okay. But Stanton yeah. is still on the books beyond that. Mm-hmm. So if you give Judge six, you're going to have a guy, mm-hmm. at least for a couple of years, who two guys who can't play the outfield. That yeah. That's my concern. Can Judge become a first baseman? Maybe, but that's an yeah, experiment maybe. we haven't seen yet really. Mm-hmm. So, um, Billy, I get your question, man, but I'm hesitant to commit – long-term to judge despite him being the face of the franchise right now. Yeah. I, uh, I think that they'll do it They're They have to do it. They're going to do it. Um, but it, he makes me nervous. Like a guy, his size with injury, can he stay on the field? The streakiness kills me. I mean, he might hit 40 home runs, but he's going to, going to strike out a bajillion times. <laughs> um, but that's how that, that's the entire lineup. There aren't a lot of guys other than a guy like DJ LeMahieu who can hit for power, but also hit for average. There are not a lot of those in the Yankees lineup anymore. Yep. Yep. Um, They're watching from DC. They are stuck in the airport. Travel nightmares. Headed to better weather. Just not quite yet. Not Uh, till tonight. Safe travels, guys. Yeah, you've been more on the text chain than I have been this yeah. morning. Um, all right, so our answer, Billy, is is not a, a good or complete no. one for you. We know they have to pay him. You got to pay him. 
He's going to go somewhere else and mash and get paid. Just let him do it here. Yeah, look, obviously they're going to they're going to pay. I think they're going to overpay him because they mm-hmm. feel the pressure to pay him. The Braves didn't do that with Freddie Freeman. Was that the right move? I don't know. We'll see. Freddie's also a few years older. Yep. Also but, just so different. He's I was going to say he's more athletic. He's not more athletic, not even close, but he's a little more versatile in terms of like a, he's a little more flexible I feel like like could imagine Freddie Freeman playing first versus Aaron Judge playing first it's Freddie played every day every yeah day. I know and so you can't like it's just not the same comparison and Freddie's gonna hit he hits for power he hits for average they're different players I would take Freddie tomorrow I'd take him tomorrow but and the Braves, and the Braves said thanks no thanks which yeah, you know, know hey let's let's see how this works out I was gonna say I'm very interested to see how the Matt Olson thing works out because they paid him a lot of money for a long long time yeah I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be phenomenal cool okay I think he's gonna be great I mean I hope so for your sake that ballpark his swing the pat mm-hmm. I think and 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 he's terrific defensively and so is Freddie mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that if you if you pinned me down a month ago, hey, who would you rather have, Freddie? I'm taking Freddie. Mm-hmm. But best case backup scenario, Alex Anthopoulos did really, really well, I think, to get a guy like like Matt Olson. Have I feel like his numbers have only really been good for the short term. Listen, I know he's young, but he's had great numbers for, what, one season? Well, he's seasons? not that young. He's 28, um, and he had a brutal pandemic year. He hit right. below 200. Um but he hit 270 last year. He's going. Here's he's going to hit more than 40 home runs. He's going okay. to drive in at least 120 RBIs. He's going to be a better run producer than Freddie. Um, he doesn't strike out a ton. He's just not going to hit for the same average as Freddie. So yeah. we got to recalibrate our brains as Braves fans to accept that. Listen, he's going to be thrilled to be part of a, a much better lineup. <laughs> no doubt about that. All right, when we come back here on Honorado and Company, it's Chris Honorado, it's Ashley Miller. Uh, our guest on today's show, uh, Dan Gaucher, pro from Shaker Ridge, as I will uh, take you inside the bunker in mm-hmm. Clifton Park to talk about the Masters with him. We'll get uh, his pick, not only to straight up win the tournament, but a guy that maybe you can win a little bit of money on, Ash, if he finishes top five, top three, that type of stuff. Stay tuned for that. Our World Series predictions coming up as well and the Popeyes Louisiana fast minute that is next here on Honorado and Company hang on everyone happiness is found in simple things the sun on your face sharing laughs at the campground getting wet relaxing together the love of family There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. 
All right, back on Honorado and Company, Chris Honorado, Ashley Miller. We are headed for a little time off as well. That's why we are yes. in the week. If you're watching us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, if you have baseball predictions, if you have Masters predictions, if you have thoughts on Monday night's national championship game between Kansas and North Carolina or the women's title game between South Carolina and Yukon, comment along. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll share the comments here as well. South Carolina, by the way, quick side note here, the team to ever beat UConn in a national championship game. That's yeah. Gino Oriema was 11-0. and 0. If he got to the national championship game, he, he was darn well going to win the thing. That was – and and South Carolina handled them, Ash. I know that yeah. there's more that you've got on that coming up here. Uh, let's fire up the Louis, the the Popeyes, Louisiana – Fast minute, Ash, you are going on the clock. Yeah, listen, this, for me, I'm calling this the changing of the guard. I know people always kind of react in this way, but UConn hasn't won a title since 2016, which feels like a long time. And now this woman, Dawn Staley, in all of her glory, has won two national championships at South Carolina, has worked her way into a record-setting contract. She is the first black coach in the Division I basketball history to win multiple national championships, male or female. Look at her. All the glory. She looks fly. She acts fly. She gives credit to everyone. She gives credit to her bench players, her staff, the ticket people, the janitors. She does everything right. Oh, by the way, she's won three gold medals as a player, one as a coach. She won National Player of the Year as a player. She's won National Coach of the Year first person to do that she's the first person to basically do everything and now it's her turn she's the woman in south carolina yeah it's it 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 and it feels like it happened quickly yeah um you know kim mulkey mm-hmm. muffet mcgraw like we were we were waiting for one of those coaches to take the torch the mantle from gino and it never happened um even uh, with the coach at uh, at Louisville, you know, even for somebody like him to take it from, and it never have Jeff Walls. Thank you. Yep. Um, and now here's Dawn Staley in her five thousand dollar Louis Vuitton varsity oh jacket on the sideline, so cool. so killing cool. it with style, like I you said, it. and and winning championships at the same time, like. When you watch a video of her, you just look at the pictures of her, you watch a video of her, tell me most, not all, but most of the best high school girls basketball players in the country don't relate with her. Yeah. They do, they're, they're going to want to play for her. And, and I'm, shorting, I'm shorting Gino here, but in my opinion, the reason UConn ha- got to, has been so good for as long as they've been is because people said, I'm going to UConn because I want to win. It's the only way I can win. That's why. It's but the I only think way I now, can win a national championship. Right. Now I that's not that, the case. Even though it's and been six years, like people will now just want to go play for – I don't think they're going to view it as, hey, I'm going to South Carolina because it's my only chance to win or because I want to win. I think it's going to be I want to play for her. Correct. And I think that's – but that's the ultimate, like – 
I forget the word that I'm looking for, but if you're going to break one way or the other, you've got these two programs, you've got now you've got as good a chance to win at both places. And it's do I want to play for Gino or do I want to play for Don Staley? I'm going to play for Don Staley yeah, every time. And I think a lot of females, you have to think about a lot of females, a lot of minority females are going to go play for Don Staley. She's cool. They represent her. She represents females. There's there's so much to love about Don Staley. And it's not to say that people aren't going to go play for Gino. They're going to go play for Gino. He's a yeah. fantastic basketball mind. What he's done, no one will ever do in women's basketball again. Uh, but the the shift is happening and it's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. Adia Barnes at Arizona, mm-hmm. that, that movement is going to continue to happen. And females, I think, are going to go play for females more now than they ever have, okay. which is cool. Interesting. Uh, will Dawn Stelly leave for the NBA in the next five years? No. Okay. I don't think so. She's got it made. She just signed a twenty-two million dollar contract. How many? Th- how many things did you just rattle off that she was the first to do? Uh, everything, like seven. So why not add one more? Why not be the yeah. first female head coach in NBA history? Because won't Becky Hammond do it first? I'm not convinced of that. I know she's now and WNBA job, yeah, and maybe WNBA, NBA teams view that as okay. Now I see her as a head coach mm-hmm. of professionals and. We can move her, but I don't know. All Listen, of those I, things you just said, yeah, right? Minority, female, like she checks a lot of the boxes that people don't want to talk about as and, being credentials to be an effective head coach. But And to be honest with you, if you're, and this is going to sound crazy, but if you're a guy in the NBA, would you not think it was pretty cool to play for her? I think a lot of a lot of guys listen. The minorities in the NBA can relate to her. I, I think they would even, you know, it's almost she's representing black people everywhere. Yeah. So you have a lot of black players in the NBA who I think would forget the fact that it's a woman. They just want to play for a black coach. And I think to be the first to even play for a female black coach in the NBA would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think. I think it would be really cool. Jeff says he thinks Dawn's going to have a longer shelf life than Gino, which is really interesting because Gino has dominated the sport for 25 years. Yeah, he started a lot earlier than her, too. So I'm not sure that. Yeah, I mean, Lobo, that Lobo title was his first, right? We're talking, yeah. So 20, 25, I mean, he he was at the top of the mountain. I mean, nobody could touch him, basically, for 25 years. But that means she's going to have to go another 20 and win, you know, at that level. Is she going to do that? I'm not sure. Not going to get to 11. That's a lot. No, no. Because now the parody, she'll win, but I think it'll be like she'll win a few more. Uh, the parody is so great. You've got teams like Stanford and Louisville yep. and all these teams that are, that are kind of, that'll pop up, but they'll come and go. Um, I think the parody is definitely on the rise enough that you're not going to get someone winning five of 10 anymore. We used to have a segment on the show called bank on it. Um, currently unsponsored. So it, it doesn't exist, but I will say it anyway. You want to be part of this segment. You yeah. If anybody out there wants it. Yeah. Shoot me an email, uh, bank on it. Dawn Staley is coaching in the NBA within five years. Mm. I like this. I like that. 
if if I just said to you a female will be a head coach in the NBA in the next five years, would you agree with that? I don't know. It'll be close. Okay. Close. And I, so listen, my point would then Becky be women, you have to have success in the WNBA. You have to show that you can do it. And if it's not her, then Dawn Staley is your only other option at this point. There's no who else is out there that would be in this conversation. No, and, and if I'm Staley, I'm not taking a bench job. I'm right. taking a head coaching job. Some yep. team has to have right. the guts to hire a female coach right out of college. And that's a, I get that's a big, big leap. Like mm-hmm. this is a woman who has never been in an NBA locker room, mm-hmm. who has never coached men. And and now you're going to say, go coach professional men making yeah. $40 million. That's it. You got to have the right group. The owner yeah. is going to have to know exactly what he or she has in that locker room that, they're one going to be accepting. They're going to listen. They're going to embrace it. All those things that you've kind of talked about here. I think in the next five years, mm. there is a female head coach. And for, for me at this point, it's it's got to be Dawn Staley. All yeah. right, I'm going on the clock here. All right, here we go. Popeye's Louisiana Fast Minute. There was only one thing that would pull me away from a beach this <gasps> coming Sunday. God, don't say it. And it is Tiger Woods wearing red on the back nine at Augusta. This guy's going to play. He's going to make the cut. I think he finishes top 30. But my goodness, if he is in the top 10 on Sunday, how are we not finding a beach bar somewhere to watch the Fine. Masters and the last round? So Ash and I are getting out of town for a little bit. We've got plans already. But if he's wearing red, that means he's playing 18 on Sunday at Augusta. This is the only way that I would say to you and anybody else we're with, I have to get in front of a television. I have to watch the Masters. Spieth, Rory, Shoffley, no, none of these guys. I will catch the highlights. Tiger, at 46 years old, I would have to see it happen live. And I think he's going to be good. Everybody says he looks phenomenal. Yep. He looks strong. He's driving the ball like crazy. The short game is good. He made it on the green at eight and two yesterday. He, he, he could, I mean, that's realistic for him when the tournament starts that he could be putting for Eagle on that hole. Uh, the reviews are, hey, man, th- this guy looks good. Mm-hmm. He's going to play. He's not going to play the par three, which for me says everything I need to know. He's not messing around. Mm-hmm. He's there to play. He's there to win. And I'm fired up about it. It's been more than a year, 17 months since he's played competitive golf. We all know about the car wreck he had, the reconstructive surgery to his legs, uh, talking about potentially having to uh, amputate his right leg. Which and now here we are think about at, that. at 46 years old, the potential to play what our friend Dottie Pepper says is maybe the most difficult walkable course, right? Like most difficult in terms of, Walking it on the body. Hilly. Yeah. Hilly, yeah. tough, long, all of it. Uh, th- I just think about what you just said. He nearly had his leg amputated 13 months ago. Yep. And I, I get it. He's not playing football, but if you've ever swung a golf club, it's all about rotation and it's your legs. He's swinging. I, it's just, it's mind blowing. We've seen the guy, the guy come back before from injuries. Listen, that 2019 Masters run, which was some of the best television 
mm. in the history of sports. Mm. Uh, no one gave him a chance. Then he comes comes out and wins that one. And that was, you know, back surgeries, knee surgery. He was coming off everything then. Uh, <laughs> so I will never count him out. I think top 30 is probably where I will draw the end line. It. I'm not going to say top 10, but I hope he makes the cut because he makes it more interesting. And if he's playing on Sunday, I'm happy to find a beach bar and watch it from there. Okay, good enough. All right. Yeah, that that's the only way I get distracted enough yeah. from a vacation like the one that uh, that will be on that I feel like, okay, you know what? Let's let's get in even if we have to go inside. Even if we have to go inside, maybe. If it's raining. And but it you won't know be. that isn't happening. No. Not where we're gonna be. Uh there's some of the odds. Uh, we showed you the favorites. Here's kind of the next wave of guys that I would okay. say has a chance to win. And when you look at Tiger and Paul Casey and Patrick Reed at 50 to 1, if you're a gambler, you know you, you use the word value all the time. There's value here. Uh, throw 10 bucks down on one of these guys. I was going to say, maybe. don't you throw 10 bucks on Tiger just to make this more fun? Probably. Yeah, although the way I've been going lately, oh, my good, they'll be – Building a new Caesars Palace pretty soon in Vegas. Um, so I'm, I might just stay away from it completely so I can just watch and enjoy and not get wrapped up in, in what's going on with it. All right, when we come back here on Honorado and Company, conversation still to come with Shaker Ridge Pro Dan Gaucher. Great dude. Uh, hadn't met him before. Great conversation with him up at the bunker in Clifton Park that we will bring you here shortly. Uh, but back to Major League Baseball. Opening day is here. We're going to see Shohei Otani in person, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, assuming nothing happens between Tuesday at 1042 and Thursday at 938 Eastern. Uh, I've never seen Mike Trout in person. So I'm no, and I'm, I'm pumped about that too. Yeah, cool. So we're looking forward to that as the Angels take on the Astros uh, on opening day here in a couple of days. But what do we think about the Yankees' chances? What do we think about the Mets' chances? You guys want to weigh in, go ahead and comment along. You know how to do it on Facebook, Twitter, uh, or YouTube. And we will give our World Series predictions still ahead here on Honorado and Company. Hang on, back right after this. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs at the campground, getting wet, relaxing together, the love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV, bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. Teams. Athletes, organizations, we're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, here we go. Alpenhouse, Novice, Popeyes, Pick 6 Vodka, Saratoga Courage Distillery, and Marcella's Appliance Company. Shout out to all of our partners here. I know people say sponsor. Our partners here have gotten to know 
all these business owners really, really well over the last year. Our thanks to all of them for the support here in year number one of what is now Honorado and Company, which really works because it well, we've got two Honorados on the show. And then the guest kind of becomes the company. So as we mull over a name and the <laughs> permanent future of this, uh, maybe it works. I don't know. It, you know. You know what we should do is I jokingly said, let's pretend. I'm upset to people who are friends. But let's, let's make it like some of the professional franchises who have entered the capital region. And we'll make it seem like it's a fan vote, right? And then we'll just pick the one that we like best sure. a, a, after it all. Like, okay. get me down to the top three and then I'll yeah, pick Yeah, I'm picking my own. Back. Right. I'm picking my own. All right. Um, all right. So <laughs> we'll do our World Series predictions here. Of course, the Braves are the what? what's their title, Ash? Reigning World Series champs. Sounds pretty good. Uh, Sound better to be back to back World Series. Champs. It wasn't as enjoyable of an offseason as it should have been. Well, no, you had the lockout. What about that is enjoyable? And you had the lockout. There was no. Yeah. Oh, you were like. Build up to spring training with pitchers and catchers. Everything was about labor talks. You were beside yourself, ready to quit baseball forever. A lot of talk, a lot of talk. Now you're back. Yeah. That's that's the typical baseball fan, right? <laughs> we, we hate the darn sport because a bunch of idiots are running it. But then when it comes back, we can't. We can't Don't let it get like that really yeah. attractive girl in high school who's a total, you know, but but she's too good looking to let her go. So I, I you just hang on. That wasn't me. You can't you can't justify it. There's no rational thinking here. We're fans. But I'm glad baseball's back, or at least pretty darn close to it. Yes. Um, can the Braves do it again? We'll get to that in a moment. But let me ask you first about the Yankees here. How this team's constructed in a division that looks uber oh. competitive. I say uber competitive. Are, are we cool with that phraseology yeah. here? Because yes. Tampa is maybe the best team in the division, but Toronto is loaded up and no, ready to Toronto's go. Toronto the best team in the division. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Toronto for me. I mean, have you seen their starting rotation? I've seen it. It's is it better than last year's? Huh? Is it better than last year's? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Robbie Ray won the Cy Young. I know, but you're you've replaced him. You've got Jose Barrios, you've got Kevin Gosman. Like those yep. dudes are pretty darn good themselves. Yep. And oh, by the way, Ryu. <laughs> and Manoa so, is a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Alec. Um, yeah, for me, that starting rotation. I mean, one through four, that's that starting rotation is killer. Okay. I love it. And so, their lineup is absurd, too. I yeah, mean, it is. To, I would say, for me, their lineup is second to the Dodgers. And now defense, defensively with Chapman at third, they're very, yeah. very good. Yeah, okay, really so good. Toronto, Tampa, uh, Boston is not great. No, and pitching will be a problem for them. Terrible. Um, they're they're going to be terrible. Offensively, it's always a team that scores runs. They've got a ton of power pop through that lineup. So they're going to have to score eight runs a game because I don't think they're going to be uh, yeah. very good starting pitching wise. But for so me, where, where do the Yankees uh, stack up? For me, I think yesterday on my pod, I said Toronto, Tampa, Boston, New York. Today, I kind of feel like it's for me, Boston and New York is like a wash. It's maybe a tied for third. Um, and then the Orioles in the basement. Um, our, our pitching is better than Boston's, but our lineup has more holes in terms of streakiness and, and the power of the production that we can put up on the board. So 
Uh, right now, I feel like Yankees, but yesterday I felt like Red Sox over the Yankees. So uh, they're somewhere in that third, tied for third spot for me. How about you? I'm just not so quick to, and look, I'll give my prediction here in a moment, and it'll sound yeah. like I'm contradicting myself. But okay. part of me is just seeing the Rays do this for too long. Mm -hmm. to say that they're not going to win 94 to 97 games and win that division. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying they're not good. Something about their model that I feel like yeah. is going to work again this year as, as everybody talks about the offseason additions of Toronto, Boston, and to I mean, a degree. Boston didn't do anything. I mean, Trevor's story for me is not – that's not enough. Uh, okay. Because is that going to translate – are his numbers going to translate from cores to then Boston? I, I for me, that's not enough. I, and they they need pitching. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that's where they swung and missed. Is they just yeah. they didn't address the absolute need, and that was that was pitching from starters to bullpen yeah. uh, in Boston. They didn't do any of that. So yeah, yeah that, that that's going to be a problem for them. That's why I I think Yankees easily yeah, yeah. Um, we'll should be viewed as as a team that finishes ahead of Boston. You don't like the Yankees. I mean, look, there are question marks in the Yankees rotation. Like yeah. what is Luis Severino going to be? Right. What's um, going to look like? But Garrett Cole is going to be a stud at the top of that rotation. Yeah. Yeah. You have spin yeah. control. You have, you have spin rate. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, is he going to be the guy that he was with the Astros? You know what I mean? Like, is he going to be just that like shut down you, feel like you're going to win every game he throws. I don't always feel like that. Yeah. I, I wish I did because they're paying him a lot of money, but I don't always feel like that. All right, let's get into our predictions here, and we'll get to our guest uh, as well. Here we go, Ash. Uh, our World Series predictions on today's show, we will be held to them all the way until the end of October. You've got the Dodgers over the Blue Jays. I've got the Braves defending over the Blue Jays. Can I be honest with you here? I search for a reason not to pick the Braves. In other words, a reason to pick another team. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't talk myself into why that team was better than Atlanta or had okay. a better chance to win it all over the Braves. So I am picking Atlanta here, yes, because I'm a homer. But you know me. Mm -hmm. I don't generally do this. A healthy Acuna. Yeah, I think Matt Olson has a monster year i don't think he feels pressure the way he would in maybe some other media markets around the country to perform i think he's a big big year full year of darno we can only hope behind the plate he's got three home runs and like 12 spring training at bats i know who cares but but he's a power bat uh, yeah i mean albies and riley and and ozuna is back in this lineup as well um i can't believe you've taken him back me neither but it's where we are so when Acuna is back healthy, which they yep. say uh, will be the end of end of April, okay. middle of May, he'll be DHing. Um, okay, they're going to be awfully, awfully good. The bullpen is loaded. Yeah, and if Soroka gives them anything this year, anything, this team is better than last year. Okay. Better than last year. You like their starting pitching better than the Dodgers. Is Soroka healthy and effective? Well, not till midway through the season. So as of currently, no. I don't know that I like it better. Okay. Um, 
but it's not any worse, really. Like, no. you know, I like Walker Bueller, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and Urias is is very good. Um, is Dustin May going to give them anything this right. year? Trevor Bauer, what's his situation? Yeah, I mean, even if he doesn't pitch, though, I still like them. You know, uh, is Clayton Kershaw, what, what's he, uh, you know, but yeah, yeah, I think Atlanta's just as good. Just as good. Yeah, I think I like, uh, listen, the names that you just rattled off in Atlanta's lineup are good. I think top to bottom, one through nine, the Dodgers have the best lineup in baseball. Mm-hmm. There is no one to pitch around in that lineup. Like Will Smith, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Gavin Lux, uh, help me out here, uh, Chris Taylor, like That's even that guy. Like, you know what I mean? It's Cody Bellinger. Like, these guys, that lineup is so good. It's unbelievable. There is no Corey Seager. No, I know. Yep. Um, Max Muncie is there. And look, you know my my obsession with Chris Taylor. You love Um, him. For people who don't follow baseball, you're like, who who is this guy? Like, is he any good? He So good. I take nine of those guys, and I'd win a lot of baseball games. But they, I mean, you – there a lot of those guys. They come to the plate. You're like, oh, I don't want to pitch to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pitch to somebody. Yeah. All right. So you're on the Dodgers. I'm on the Braves. But we're both on the Blue Jays to win the American League, which I think is very, very interesting here. All right, Ash. Take a quick time out here. When we come back on Honorado and Company, we're going to talk with Dan Gaucher, I think, from Shaker Ridge. Well, He's the pro there. We'll get uh, we his thoughts on what he expects. At Augusta National this week ahead um, and how the golf season is kind of shaking up in the capital region um, because, as you know, places aren't open just yet, Mm -hmm. but they are coming. Stand by for Dan Gaucher. All right. Marcello's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genaire, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet. Relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. And we're up at one of our spots, the bunker in Clifton Park. Love hanging out here, a beautiful space, what they've been able to do here in this building. And if you love golf the way the guy next to me loves golf, I know he feels like right at home here in the bunker. And uh, what do you think of this spot? As I'm with Dan Gaucher from Shaker Ridge. What do you think of the bunker, this, man? Uh, this is my first time here. This yeah. place is, uh, it's the real deal, man. This is pretty cool. I, uh, you know, have all the technology, have the bar scene. You could get in good practice if you want, or you could just kind of have fun and hang out. I mean, it's, 
I'd ha- I could get used to this play. <laughs> there is no such thing as good practice for me when it comes to golf. But when you think about the technology, obviously growing up playing the game, I'm going to assume everything you did was outdoors. Yeah. How close is this to the outdoor game? It's, it's as close as you could possibly get. Like with companies like TrackMan and stuff like yeah. that that they have here. Um, I mean, it's it's as good as it could get. And the best part is, is even the same technology is the stuff that I use every day out on a driving range to teach lessons and, and everything like that, too. So it's the same exact stuff that you're getting indoors and outdoors. It's just everything has come such a long ways. It's it's incredible how good it is. All right, well, we're hanging out with Dan here in Clifton Park because the Masters is upon us. So we want to make some predictions. We want to preview what this year's field looks like with or without Tiger. What is a longer course from what Don, from what Dottie Pepper has told me that makes it even more challenging at Augusta. Maybe it's the most difficult course of all the four majors. We get Dan's take on that. And we'll run down some of the odds. But you see the bottom of your screen, dangoshegolf.com, Shaker Ridge Country Club. And here at Clifton Park, Premier Golf and Fitness, check him out, doing great things in the local scene for the 518 golfers. The Masters, is it your favorite golf tournament or favorite major of the year, being that it's the first and it's as rich in history as it is? It's it's up there for me. It's probably a close second for me personally. Just the U.S. Open is is a cool story, too, where anybody can qualify. It's usually the hardest, longest courses. but as a, as a golf purist, like, I mean, it doesn't get much better than, than Augusta National. And, uh, you know, the feel that it always brings is always the best of the best of the best. So it never disappoints, that's for sure. So I, I, I can't be more excited for it this year. Uh, like you said, with some crazy storylines yeah. coming in that, uh, I mean, I, I can't wait for next week. That's for sure. All right. So 91 golfers are on the list and Tiger Woods' name is on the list. How much does it matter that he still plays in events like this for you as a fan? It, it, everything. Um, especially my generation growing up. I mean, he was the guy, right? Yeah. Like, he he is golf to my generation. And, and my, you know, there's no question he's the best of all time, in my opinion, right? So for him to play, and even from, like, a golf professional standpoint, there's a direct correlation to the more Tiger plays, not necessarily the better Tiger plays, but the more Tiger plays, the more people yep. want to play golf, the, the better golf does in general. So it's like, why wouldn't we want this guy to be out there every week as, as long as he can, as, as healthy as he could be? Yep. So um, I think it's it's huge. Even even if he waits a little bit longer to say yes or no, it's good for us because it gets people talking about golf and, and interested in golf. And, you know, so I'm all, I'm all for it. You know? Yeah, and here we are doing exactly that. I've got his odds. He's right. 50 to 1 to win the Masters. I mean, if you have 10 bucks lying around, why not throw it down, right? If he plays and he wins, boy, you feel good. But what is it about Augusta that would make it difficult for anybody? I mean, he's a world-class athlete, but given the severity of his injuries, this is one of the most difficult walking courses, is it not? Yeah, and th- like that's the crazy thing. The undulations, you wouldn't assume like rural Georgia, you know, starting to get down south, starting to get into flatlands, but they've built this this mecca that really is, I mean, up and down and um, it's a long walk too. I mean, they've lengthened the golf course almost every year. And if they get bad weather, you know, it just makes that walk even longer. You know, when things get wet, things get heavy, it it, it really becomes a long, long walk. It's it's one of the longer, hillier walks on all of the tour. So that's that plays a big role in a yes or no for him. You know, that's, yeah, no that's doubt. a big piece. All right. So, do you have? Would you prefer to be a long hitter at Augusta? Or do you want to be precise as I throw up 
some odds here. These are the top odds. Rom, no surprise, is number one. And then Colin Morikawa is the world number two, and he's two on the list. Yeah, so when you look at it on paper, like, yes, it pays to just be long as could be. The rough is short. It, it pays to just hit it a long ways. And there's not a huge penalty for guys that are a little offline. I mean, when you look at some of Tiger's wins, I mean, he's punching out of trees. He's not hitting a ton of fairways, you know, but he's hitting it further than everybody else. However, when you look at statistically, like, back into Masters lore and stuff, and guys like Zach Johnson won hitting it 270 off the tee. Guys like Marco Mir, Freddie Couples are winning Masters, not hitting it very far off the tee. So... On paper, I'd say, yes, go get all the bombers. That's where all the money is. Um, but then, you know, Bryson has struggled at Augusta. And there's a guy who hits it further than everybody. And I would I would think, again, on paper, this should be his tournament to lose every year. Um, but it hasn't worked out that way, so I haven't put my money down <laughs> on him just quite yet. Yeah. Um, um, well, here he is at 25 to 1. That's enticing if you want to just take a flyer, right? Yeah, I mean, I... I wouldn't be ashamed to say that's where, you know, money should go. Again, on paper, it fits him. Yeah. You know, it, it fits his play. It, it fits just bombing it. And there's not a lot of rough and not a lot of trouble. Um, the thing with him, I think, is just the short game, the 100 yards and in, the wedge play. It's tough, you know. So even if he is hitting it far and those are the shots that he has in, Augusta's greens, you've got to be precise. You've got to hit it close. You've got to be in the right spots on the right holes. So and think about the guys we've seen fall apart at Amen Corner, right? I mean, oh, yeah. guys who go wide, he didn't hit long, but you go wide, you end up in Ray's Creek or somewhere like that. I mean, we saw McElroy fall apart when yeah. I thought for sure they were sizing him for that green jacket. Yeah. Well, and even when Tiger won three years ago, four years ago, I mean, uh Molinari was there, Brooks yep. Kepka was yep. there, and, and it was like out of the last three groups, you know, like eight guys hit it in the water. <laughs> Tiger was the only one to just he knew where to hit it, he knew the club to hit, he knew the win. So there might be something to be said there about you know just knowing the course and playing there as many times as he has. Uh that very well might be a big deal too, you know. Let me throw some other things out here at you too. We talked about Morikawa, and I'll put his odds back up here. Uh, he's 12 to 1 along with Justin Thomas. Morikawa is the world number two, but he has struggled here, Dan. 18th last year, 44th in 2020. Now, here's the catchphrase that we use in sports too much small sample size from this guy. Um, why would he have struggled there? And in particular, he has struggled to put it well at Augusta. Are these greens as difficult yeah. as they seem to be? And, and that's just it. I mean, not knowing what spots to be in, where you have to be. You know, when you talk to these guys and you talk to guys like Scott Fawcett, who's a, a real, you know, numbers guy who plots his way around golf courses, he talks about how, like, your target isn't the pin a lot of times, especially at Augusta National. It might be, hey, I've got to hit it 20 feet, 20 yards right of where the flag is. So guy, if you haven't played there and you don't know this and you haven't, you haven't done this over and over and over, I mean, the idea is to hit it close and make the putt, right? Yep. At Augusta, sometimes four is a good score. Move on to the next hole. Make your birdies where you can. Get Take advantage of par fives, things like that. But there's a lot of holes where it's like, don't even look at that flag, right? Especially when you get late into the weekend, sometimes the flag is like the worst spot to try and hit it. You know, that's where all the trouble is. Take your four, get out of there, and, and run. So the more he learns about stuff like that, I, I don't see, again, why he couldn't with his with his ball striking ability, with his approach game. I don't see why he couldn't do well there. I was looking into 
some of the guys that I think have a shot. You know, Jordan Spieth is only 28 years old. <laughs> How is this possible? He won a, He won his green jacket in 2014. It feels like a lifetime ago. And he had that stretch of what? Three, two majors and two of four, three of five or whatever it was where it felt like, okay, he is going to ascend to be the number one golfer. And maybe he's going to really start to press and get to double digit majors. We now see how difficult that is and how great Tiger and Jack have <laughs> right. been, you know, or were for a very, very long time. Can speak recapture any of that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, again, a guy who can put a golf ball like he can. Yes, totally. You know, if he can get a couple of things figured out off the tee where he can keep it in play, get it to some yardages that he likes and, uh, you know, really just get the flat stick in his hand as soon as possible. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, he's a guy he doesn't have to hit it super close to go low, which is, is nice at a place like Augusta. And talk about a guy who knows these greens better than most. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think it's it's going to rely on how he does maybe this week coming in if, he, if he's on a high you know, he won in Texas last year, yep. So, and he finished well last year in the Masters. So right? I was just going to say, right, he won the Valero. Okay. He's had five top three finishes in eight starts at Augusta. Yep. So, well, I know we're going to, hey, only one, but but he is in the hunt every single Sunday. Yeah. No, so maybe don't maybe don't play him to win, but play him to finish top five. You're not going to yeah. win a ton of money on a bet he's, like that. He's a but, great guy to lump in with something yeah. else in there, you know, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. He was third at the Masters last year, like you said. He was a runner-up at the Open last year as well. So maybe no wins, but but he's hanging around. He, he's almost like getting into Ricky Fowler territory here as much yeah. as Ricky's chasing that first major. Ricky's had how many top tens at majors in his career? It's insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and with those guys at that level, you sniff it, you want it, right? Like, you know he does, he's not happy with these second-place, third-place finishes right. in these majors. He wants more. He wants more. He's at a point in his career where, like, money's not an issue anymore, right? He wants wins. He wants majors. So you can kind of pick and choose where you want to play, how you want to play. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be primed and ready to go this coming week. Let me ask you a weird, stupid thing with Jordan Speed, and I only notice it with him. He always, when his post-game, uh, post-round press conferences, always references we. And I understand he's talking about he and his caddy and maybe even his overall team. But I've never heard another golfer speak that way. We, I mean, there is never a reference of I or me. He may slip up from time to time, but it is always a collective effort. So as much as you may see him getting after Greller, like there's a, there's a real respect yeah. there, right? A hundred percent. It's, it's, you know, especially with a partnership like that, that's not just a player caddy. That's their best friends, right? You know, they hang out all the time. They go out to dinner, things like that. Even down to like his coaches, right? Like his instructors, Cameron McCormick, guys like that, like, They've had him since he was such a young age. It's not like he came to him as a tour pro saying, help me, I need I need to win. Yep. They've known this kid since he was, you know, 10 years old and helped him come up through the ranks. So, um, you know, that plays a big role, too. It's more of a, a father figure, you know, when you're on the road. Here's a guy, like you said, he's only 28 now. He's been doing this for a long time, right? So he's had his coach along his side. He's had his caddy, the same caddy along his side. So it very much is a team aspect, you know, with them there for sure. It's crazy. Um, all right. Pick one guy for me. Who do you – or who do you feel is the favorite going in? It's got to be John Rahm. I mean, it's, it's one of those guys – I mean, I think he just lost his world number one yeah. last week. So it's – He's, he's one of those guys, from what I've heard from other guys on tour and things like that, 
he's one of those guys that he he has it like he wants it he, he's one of those guys he's not happy if he's not number one in the world he's not happy if he's not winning 20 majors right like yeah. he, he's even been interviewed and said you know he wants to break jack's record or, or tigers if it turns out that way he wants to be that guy and he doesn't want to stop playing until he's that guy so when you get a guy with that talent and that attitude i find it really hard to bet against him okay you know how about a guy maybe go off the board a little bit you just kind of like his game for this course or the experience he's had there and the way he's finished in the past is there somebody you'd say hey if it isn't rom and if it isn't one of the bigger names in the sport it could be this guy on the back nine to watch out for yeah. on sunday I'll, I'll give you a name that you probably don't have on your list there too is billy horschel uh He's one of those guys. He doesn't have a major yet. He's got he's got WGC wins. He's got wins on tour. He's found a form this year that he's been there on Sunday on the back nine multiple times already in an early season. So I, I again I don't see why not. He hits it long enough if he can mentally keep it together. I like this guy's game. I like the tenacity that he has going in. I I don't see why it couldn't be him. You know. Okay. So watch out for Horschel. Maybe it's just. Even a top five guy yeah, yeah. Uh, at Augusta in the Masters. All right, let's talk about the local golf scene here, Dan. What kind of winter did we have for a golf course? Because I know just as an individual, not a ton of snow, yeah. had a lot of ice. But we, even when we did have snow, it melted quickly. What did that do to the course? Yeah, sometimes that's not always a great thing. Yeah. Sometimes you want the snow to kind of just sit on it, insulate it all winter. Um, but I know over at Shaker, you know, the greens are all uncovered. We're getting ready to mow and everything like that. The course looks great because it doesn't have as much snow. It's a lot drier than we probably expected in years past. I know there's some golf courses that are already open yep. and, and you know, running full bore already. You know, they're able to get out there. So, um I mean, the weather last year maybe wasn't great with some rain, but we haven't had those crazy winters that drag us out too long into golf season. So we're excited. I mean, it's within days at this point for almost everybody in, in 518 here that we'll be opening up and, and in golf season here. So Yeah, and all the meteorologists at 13 say we're done with significant snow. So I don't think you're going to get that blast in April or, my goodness, even May that – forces you off the course yeah. for a little bit so you know you'll have the rains to deal with but um i've been invited to shaker ridge for a number of events but they know not to invite me to play golf i'm there to MC the rpi hockey <laughs> golf outing every year sure. and dave smith never says to me like hey come play around no just show up speaking to the microphone do the auction thing and and we're good to go but it's a beautiful course that you guys have there and uh dan gaucher golf is the is the place to to find dangoshegolf.com is the place to find, first of all, videos, tips, okay, before you get back out yeah. onto the course yeah. this year, check them out there, and on Facebook, go like the Facebook page as well, which will link you to a lot of that information. All right, The Bunker, I know you'll be back. 100%, yeah. You've been blown away by this. There are multiple locations now in the Capital Region. We're in Clifton Park. There's a Gilderland spot, and one that will open soon in that North Greenbush, East Greenbush area, so check them out at the bunker. Dan, thanks for hanging out, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose.
claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. That was cool. Happy to hang out with Dan Gaucher and talk a little bit of golf, Ash, as we uh, get ready for golf season in many places uh, around the capital region here. And uh, we'll give our master's pick here quickly before we say goodbye and before we kind of ship off for a little bit of time off here. Yeah. We like to win at Augusta. Who's taking the uh, I'm going to go Morikawa. I know we had said he hasn't had a ton of success at the Masters, but I love the young, the energy. He's got two majors under his belt, so maybe this is uh, the time he gets it done. Go Morikawa. Okay, I'm going to also go young, energetic, American. Mm -hmm. And it isn't Tiger Woods, but it's his buddy, Justin Thomas. Okay. Who finds a way to get it done. Jordan Spieth is the guy I want to pick. Um, But I'm going to go with Justin Thomas. uh, Give me Justin Thomas to win the Masters. I have no idea. I will be rooting for Tiger Woods. Go tune into ESPN because he's about to talk. Okay, there you go. Thanks for watching Honorado and company, everybody here on the News Channel 13, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Saturday nights on my four. For Ashley Miller, I'm Chris Honorado. Enjoy baseball. Enjoy the Masters. What a great time for sports.